0: Many of us experience times in our lives when we stop and question what we are doing, our purpose, our passions. Are we fulfilling our own lives and, in turn, the lives of those who we love and those who spend time with us? It is important to stop and question. It can lead to change, in direction, learning more about ourselves and, in turn, help us to change. Change is not always an easy path to venture down. Not taking the easy way out and doing nothing often leads to other issues such as poor health, unhappiness, lack of self-worth, and so much more. Brent Martin from BC, Canada, is today joining me to share some of his experiences and his learnings that has taken him down an entirely different path. So welcome to the Aging Fearlessly program, Brent Martin. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Karen. It's so great to be here. Uh, connected through Zoom on the other side of the planet, uh, you know, you, you hold such a big piece of my heart. I feel really privileged to be here with you today and your well, audience.
0: Well, we've had such an, a long, long journey together. You know, I think we first met in '85 when us six Aussies turned up in Whistler and met the Canadian team. And you know, since then we we connect now and again. In different parts of the world, or back up in Whistler, and uh, I think it's ten years now since I've actually seen you. But likewise, you're never far from my life or my thoughts. You, your family, your sister, everyone—it's great to to know that you're always still there.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: So Brent, I wanted to to first bring in a little bit about. What you did in your working career? Just a summary, because later we're going to talk about where you are. You are now. So, what? How did you start your working career?
1: <laughs> well, I started in Whistler, really building log cabins. Uh, I got hired on by a company up there to build our family home, which I still live in uh, in 1981. Uh, just coming out of high school and traveling, came back and uh, yeah and. Then I went on another trip, actually, to Australia, and it was right near the end of my trip. My dad had sent me a letter inviting me to come and work for the family business.
0: I remember that trip because you stayed at my place on the beach in in Narrabeen then,
1: yeah, and you did was, the
0: trip across um, the snowy mountains on your mountain bike, and you won a big race while you were down here.
1: Yeah, I actually had just finished. Uh, racing in the Canadian Championships in 86 uh, in Whistler and then um, there was a I didn't even really realize it but while I was traveling in Australia there was the Australian Nationals so I you know entered and ended up coming second uh, and it was you know a phenomenal experience riding trails in Australia it was something foreign for me but uh it it kind of has been a, a sport that's been through my whole life it's been the common thread and everything that I've done uh but coming back to Whistler like I said my dad invited me to work for the family business which was something I wasn't super stoked about I actually <laughs> said okay dad he was in the sunglass business uh had quite a growing company and had a bit of a falling out with someone and I was gonna do some sales for him so I said okay dad I'll give you six months I'll give it because I was on my way back to Whistler to build cabins and keep riding my bike, live the ski bum life. So that's just making a long story short. The six months turned into about 25 years. Uh, Yeah. And uh, not
0: always an easy 25 years.
1: No, especially, you know, I didn't have a lot of formal training for running a business, let alone branding a brand that created a, a brand of sunglasses called Riders. And that was really my passion, but, the, you know, I was pulled in all these different directions and, you know, I, I look back and it was a wonderful experience. I traveled around the world, you know, I had relationships with beautiful families, suppliers in Italy and in the far East and, you know, it really brought our family together. We created, you know, one of the largest sunglass companies in Canada, but over, you know, the course of time, you know, it eventually the business changed, retail changed. And, you know, I wasn't really prepared for all this and I was leading, I was now by now the CEO of the company and I had 150 employees and uh, at one point I just came to my wit's end. You know, I'd been having signs of stress uh, and I started to get really honest with myself. So luckily my sister stepped in, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, part of a family business, you've got that trust and you know, that love and support, Uh, so she stepped in and ran the company for a year, which gave me some time to really, like, stop and be, which I think is probably the biggest turning point in my life, and the lesson that I've learned that, you know, it really takes some courage, but there's always a way to find that space Mm. to just, just, like, let, let those past patterns just, move through so you can see things from a different light and that's what happened you know over the course of that sabbatical that I took I was able to come back to the business which I didn't even think I was really going to but I could see my excitement to want to get back in and and because it was still kind of struggling uh, and I ended up buying my sister out buying my dad out and deciding like I'm going to take this thing um, to a successful level and and eventually a company out of France came and purchased the company and I spent two years actually making sure that that purchase was a nice transition, which was also another learning and it was quite stressful, but it just launched me into this new, okay, blank slate. What, what, what am I going to do? What's my purpose? What, what, what am I going to be spending my life on where? So that, that unfolding is now after, well, six years now, since we sold the business, you know, is unveiling in a, a new direction, which I'm really excited about.
0: Well, you mentioned before turning points, um, and I, I want to talk about that for a minute. So there's turning points for businesses, which you had recognized, and that you weren't ready to take it in that direction, which is probably when your sister stepped in, and you had the time to think, and well, what's the turning point going to be? Because businesses change, like anything, to keep up with the times. And we've had some incredibly, um, well, we're in a, an incredibly fast-moving world, especially with everything online now from when you started business. And I believe your father probably started as a travelling salesman with Sonny. So when you look at all of the changes to get the business to, you know, a point where someone else wanted to buy it and take it over as well, to turning points in our own lives, and which coincidentally when I was reading some something you sent me yesterday, I was laughing because you know I've started um, a business called Story Room Oz which is connecting people through the power of story. Last month's theme was turning points yeah. and so the six storytellers had to tell a story on a turning point or many turning points in their lives, which I think is so coincidental but recognizing those turning points and you've had the opportunity to stop and actually go, okay, what's next? You said the blank slate. You know, isn't it wonderful if you can get that time to have a blank slate and go, this is what's next? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the blank slate. What did yeah. you do?
1: Well, um, I told myself that I'm only going to do things that really fire me up, uh, that, you know, that the the... the Then, you know, I had this, you know, ADD, I call it, I changed it to uh, adventure deficit disorder, (laughs) because I always loved to play and get out there. So I I really followed my intuition to uh, focus on just the things that I love doing. And I had the space to be able to say no to things that I, you know, had maybe done in the past, but didn't really fire me up. I got connected with this stoke. I call it this inner fire that was my gauge to decide, yes, no, you know, maybe I need a little bit more information, but I I found that I was able to make those decisions a lot faster rather than, you know, waiting and, oh, maybe I should, or telling people, yeah, I'm gonna show up and not show up. It was like, you know, and there's a little bit of integrity in there. So really getting in touch with my words coming out of my mouth so that I meant everything and I connected, you know, what I was trying to communicate. so that, that really opened up um, this clarity that, you know, I just love people for one. I love to connect with people and I love to share my backyard. You know, I live on the edge of a forest and a creek here and the mountains of Whistler. And it, I nothing gives me more joy than, you know, bringing children or sharing those environments with my friends. And now I have, you know, a, a small business where I take people in the backcountry to you know, just get away from the digital distractions of their life and have a little mini moment of calm down, connect your body, your mind, your soul, and then, you know, see what shows up. You know, not being attached to what it looks like, but creating that environment in, in nature away from, you know, our regular busy lives, you know, it's kind of become my new passion.
0: Yeah, I was looking at um, your website yesterday and talking and, you know, looking at the word stoke and, you know, you stoke the fire, um, you know, makes you think of that campfire and, you know, stoking it and firing it up. But, you know, and I love what you, the ADD of <laughs> Venture Deficit Disorder, because we all have these labels for, you know, for mental health and for, you know, things that stop us achieving the things that we're meant to achieve and, you know, ADD is one that has come up with, from my teaching days, people didn't have ADD. (laughs) That sort of came afterwards. They were just like slow or distracted or, you know, they didn't have a label for it. But, uh, yeah, I like how you've actually given it um, a much more exciting, meaningful um, three letters. (laughs) So I love it. You talked about being a connector, and for me, that's what I found too. I'm a connector of always connecting people, and a lot of people struggle to connect and to communicate with others. Where I guess you'll go out and talk to anyone. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, you know, my my mission is really to have a, a, an open heart with everybody. Yeah, and when you um, actually come back to the present moment, it's so easy. To, for me, you know, uh, to, to just want to be interested in other people and, and, and listen to what they're dealing with and how I can, you know, help them out if, if I can, or just, sometimes it's just listening to them. They just need someone to really listen and, and get them, which I find is the biggest, um, thing that I can offer people right now. There's so much stuff going on in the world and people are dealing with, you know, you can't escape what's going on right now. You know, unless you're a, maybe a monk in a cave, but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I really take it upon myself to to just keep my heart open and remind myself to just come back to the present moment. So if I catch myself in my head, I'll just stop and I'll put my hand on my heart and I might not even close my eyes and I'll just take a couple breaths and I'll come right back again. And, you know, it's a really great tool for anybody really to to just like take a breath and 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 get out of all the you know stories and stuff that stops us from being who we really are which is when we come out into the world we're this little baby just like free naked uh you know just want to have fun and yeah as we get older I find that a little harder but it's still it's still accessible
0: uh you said something else that's really important and resonates with me because I say to people I've only just at I'm 65 next month Brent what the heck Mm -hmm. happened where did life go um but something I've learned and you know I reckon it's taken me 63 years to learn this it also took me 64 years to find the man that's you know really a good man in my life so I'm very slow learner the word listening and you know talk about listening to yourself Mm -hmm. but listening to others and, you know, I've been in a sales role for a long time and that's helped me to learn to listen. And listening is such a great tool. You know, you've listened to yourself and what's right for you and I'm trying to listen to myself and what's right for me and follow my path. But also listening to others because that's when you really learn. You, le- you learn so much from listening, just keeping quiet. For someone like you and I, to not be in a conversation and just to listen can, can be hard, but when you yeah. stop and just shut your mouth and let someone else talk, it's yeah. you learn so much yeah. about what's going on for them. Do you agree?
1: Oh, wholeheartedly. And I, I also uh, could add to that, that there's a, this is calmness that comes over you. This peacefulness that creates a space where people can actually share more. And I don't know if there's an end to that opening that you can be, you know, I've been in the presence of some shamans and some very, some indigenous um, elders who have this incredible presence that, you know, you just make you feel so safe and trusted and you can be vulnerable, you know, around. So, you know, I, I don't think there's an end to it, which is kind of exciting because, you know, I'm here to learn and grow and deepen and, and, yeah, just serve. Uh, and the more that I can just come back to the presence and work on those st- not being in the I have a tendency to be in the future a lot, what's next, what's next. And I kind of as I've distinguished where that comes from, uh, through some other ceremonies and work that I've done that. And I think it's a very common thing for for people is this like, I'm not good enough. Uh, or I'm not loved, you know, there's a handful of pretty common ones that get created when, in our youth that, you know, if we can kind of try and figure that out with, you know, again, I don't like to get into my head too much, but just feel these experiences in our bodies. We're able to integrate and process, you know, this, this, this things that might be blocking us or stopping us to actually give us more power and freedom and then mm. be more self-expressed. Yeah, and, and I just yeah, I just love that there's no end to it, yeah.
0: Whatever you want to call it, that inner critic, that inner voice, you know, everyone has it. I mean, yeah. you, you're not human without that inner critic or that inner voice. It's always there, you know, that ego thing to, to try and trip you up or yeah. um, to, to stop you, to create doubt. So part of being human is to have that inner critic, but it's learning to listen and silence it you know, or to listen and go, well, you know, that's okay. But, you know, thanks for that advice. But, you know, it's like, now I'm not going to listen to you right now.
1: And one thing that I've found useful over the last, is actually honoring it. And like, that's who I am at my, you know, like it's maybe not serving me sometimes, but sometimes it does serve me. Like being connected and wanting to be with people is part of my wanting to be loved or my wanting to be noticed, you know, it gets, it gets, so I, if I notice it, I go, oh yeah, there it is again. Hey buddy, thank (laughs) you. You helped me there. Or, oh no, I I don't need you right now. I'm just going to, you know, go my other way here. So I get to choose, but yeah, I think there's also, you know, you don't want to like make it wrong or Mm. yeah. Treat it like, you know, there's something that isn't right. You know, it is part of us. Like you said, we're human beings and, you know, we just got to love every bit of us.
0: Honesty is another word. You used honesty before, and, and um, I think being honest with yourself um, yeah. is such an important thing. You know, we, we want to be honest in the things we do in life, but being honest to yourself.
1: Yeah, again, I come back. To, I try and keep life really simple. So when I can come back to my heart and mostly get out of my head and connect with my body, you know, I, that's when I'm most honest with myself. And when I'm honest with myself, I find I could be more, speak the truth and be more vulnerable in some cases and have more courage. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an important one. And, you know, again, I come back, come back to your intuition, your heart, and it, it'll just be right there. It just comes out. Yeah.
0: Your adventure courses, tell us a little bit about those because they sound exciting. You've described you've got the house in the mountains up at Whistler. I mean, I know you're a a really keen skier, always have been. I know you used to go back country. What is it that you do out there?
1: (laughs) Well, it really depends on where, you know, it's either the mountains or the ocean, but it will stay stay with the mountains right now because that's really, we're just coming out of the season in Whistler right now. It's probably, I was talking to, our friend Scott Green the other day. Oh no! Uh, who I've been skiing with most days up in Whistler still. Did you tell him we're a doing bit. a podcast? <laughs> I haven't seen him that recently, but uh, we were saying it's been the best ski season in forty you know forty years since we've been skiing at Whistler. You know, even with COVID, like which had its you know limitations to getting up the mountain, but the snow quality, the pa- snowpack, so that's you know that really makes a difference. When you ask what we do, it really depends on. Uh, the weather conditions, the avalanche conditions, which is pretty, um, you know, risky at times, like you have to kind of know what you're doing back there. So once we feel like it's a safe time to go, we'll have all our equipment, and we'll uh, find access up the mountain that could be driving up or taking the lifts and going in the back or hiking right from the valley. And we put skins on our skis, which allow us to... hike
0: That used to fascinate me.
1: Yeah, you put and,
0: skins on your skis. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's got a special glue, and you're able to, you know, walk up the hills with a pack on, and you take your skins off, and then you ski these incredible lines down these untouched uh, mountains with couars. Or depending on how um, prepared your team is and how you know the avalanche conditions are, then you can you can get out to some pretty wild places. You know, we're pretty lucky to have this so close to us you know this true wilderness uh in our back door so that you know that's how we this winter we've been doing a lot of that uh now we're transitioning into mountain biking uh although in this part of the world we can mountain bike all year it's you know kind of sheltered from the canadian winters as we're on the coast and we're southernmost uh corner of dc and yeah we've got some amazing trails that are being built and a quite a quite a community that are committed to giving us access and keeping our challenge up. like we've got some pretty technical trails and and also some easier trails to take people so those are my two you know go-to's and then there's you know the <laughs> the uh the different events that we do at um at our x camps you know we'll we'll take people on hike you know just to I think some of them, you know, these guys come and they're just ready to go, go, go. And I'll take them hiking and slow them down. Drives them crazy for the first day or two, especially if they don't have a phone. Uh, But it's really a good way to connect with nature. We'll walk barefoot on these indigenous paths that were walked thousands of years ago and see grave sites and different um, things in nature that, you know, really um, connect us. Uh, and, and there's some stories that, you know, this, this area, uh, you know, the first settlers came into North America 30,000 years ago into these areas. So we've, we've got a lot of history. Um, that's really, really cool. And it helps us connect to the land. Mm -hmm.
0: But I'm coming to do one of those one day.
1: Oh, I'd love to you. So, yeah, we look for open-minded go-getters with big hearts. You know, that's kind of like my filter. I'll interview and just make sure that what we're doing is a good fit. And I know, Karen, you are a perfect fit for what we're up to. Yeah. Well,
0: as you know, I don't know if you know, but I did Peru, the Salcante Trail with 17 people two years ago, seven days. We didn't see, we saw six Westerners in the time we were out there. I had an absolute ball. So Brent, um, when you're out back, is there a, a time yeah. frame that you're going on these hikes? The hikes really fascinate me because people can walk. They might not be yeah. able to ski. They might not be able to tackle mountain biking, but yeah. to be able to walk and you say partly barefoot or whatever and experience in nature. Tell me more about the hiking and the experience. The time frame. Where do they sleep? Do they carry? You know, go into the yeah. deep dive into hiking.
1: Yeah, okay. We, um, we leverage uh, a number of huts in the, in the area, and mostly it's called the South Chilcolton. So I don't know if you remember, it's about a two-hour flight uh, north of Vancouver to where we, we start, uh, but we fly out of Whistler, or we drive up, and it takes about five or six hours. And then we get a flight in on a float plane to a remote lake. The, the one that I like to go to is called Sky Camp, and it's on Crystal Lake and we'll land in this remote lake at 5,000 feet. And we will basically be on our own for anywhere from four to seven days. And we all have, it's, you know, I call it glamping. We're not camping on the ground or anything. There's one main cookhouse with uh, five kind of miners tents that are really nicely appointed with beautiful foam beds and nice sleeping bags. You know, I always bring in a cook with, you know, either vegan or fully organic, really healthy food. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll drop in. There's a little bit of ceremony. We have a teepee where we'll circle and, uh, you know, depending on the group and what they're looking for, you know, we'll, we'll set them up with, you know, some, some prayers, some affirmations, uh, just getting ourselves, you know, connected to each other and to the land and then then we'll start heading out and the trails there are not marked like there's um probably about a hundred kilometers of trails like there's a lot but they're very hard like they're not um easy to find but we have them marked out and we've been there enough times we know where to go so depending on the group we'll be away you know a couple hours to seven hours you know if we want to there's a peak that's ten thousand feet that I haven't made it up there with a group yet, but it's, I know there's one probably coming It's a bit of a, be a full, we'd have to leave early in the morning. And so, but I like to keep it pretty chill. You know, it's not about pushing the edges. Uh, You know, a lot of the people that come are maybe are used to doing that. So I like to kind of really just slow them down and you know, we'll mix that in with, so we'll come back from the hike and we'll do some cold water submersion, have a sauna, I've got some, uh, some neuroscientists that I work with that have uh, given me some tools to measure brain activity. Uh, we can knock you into a meditative state in a matter of minutes with some of the instruments we have. And I also love to do a before and after and, and see how calm your mind is at the end of the camp uh, with actually a scientific printout which has kind of been fun, you know, because there's a lot of people that like that stuff. Yeah,
0: It's a cold water submersion. You're not carrying your own ice, so I'm presuming it's in the no. lake.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's in the lake, and it's not super cold, but, you know, there's no pressure. You go in there as long as you can. We, I was in five minutes yesterday, but, you know, it, it's really up to you. But then we have a wood-fired sauna there, and you can just keep doing rounds. We'll do a little ceremony in the, in the sauna just to kind of drop in a little more so you know i've got this handful of tools you know we do yoga we do breath work which is a really big part of it uh yeah and and we can yeah really i've got access to a bunch of really cool things that depending on the the vibe and the flow which is the main tenant of the camp is to create as much flow to the agenda and you know so people can experience that and what it's like and you know, take that home with them, which has been the feedback. Yeah, it's been really successful.
0: And what sort of temperature is the lake usually? Just curious.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's between seven and 10 degrees. Uh, and in the summer and the heat of the summer in August, it might get up to like 13, 14. So, so that's warm Celsius. In the summer. Yeah, that's Celsius. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: going to, yeah, because um, we were down in the um, perisher, Recently, yeah. sixty of us went down, and we were. This is only a month ago, and we were getting in the lakes there, and they were about thirteen. Yeah, but I didn't last that long, and your legs ache. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it is it, fun, it, and there's a lot of peer pressure to get in.
1: Yeah, yeah. You may have heard of Wim Hof. You know, he's been quite popular in the whole cold water. I don't know breathwork. Recently, work. I have. Yeah, so there's there's some techniques to once you understand the benefits and. Kind of how to breathe through the 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 pain initially when you go in, it's quite surprising how long you can stay in. You know there are limits. You know you obviously there are you can't push it too hard. But we you know we've been trained and we watch people and we're there to support. But usually you find that you can push past that initial kind of I got to get out, uh, or on a breath hold because that's part of our breath work is you know holding your breath uh you you can actually there's more in the tank if 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 you're in the right environment and you feel safe you can and we love pushing that edge a little bit
0: was walking there's a lot about breath work now um I just met someone on the weekend when we're out walking and their daughter has been doing free diving and she's now doing a lot of training with people in corporates in breath work and so talk about breath work for me
1: yeah it's a like um you know about a two years into it now and the it's it, the type the style there's lots of styles out there it's been practiced for thousands a year years you know it's one of those autonomics part of our systems that you know we just breathe without even thinking about it and you know to actually start learning about breath patterns and the medicine and the the, the benefits from it is it's it's up there with psychedelics um The style that I like to do is called conscious connected breath work. So it's a, a circular breath uh, in and out of the mouth is what I do. You know, there's lots of different, um, different ones that, you know, use the nose. You know, I think every day breathing out of our nose is, it's really healthy, but when you're in a focused uh, breath wave session, which is the the style that I'm trained in uh, it's, it's a, it's a very deep meditative state that you can get into real quickly. So it's a, in and out of the mouth, a circular connecting the inhale and the exhale. So there's no gaps and you, we do about 45 minute sessions and you just, you know, you just kind of let go of your expectations and let spirit, you know, your, your body take you where you need to go. You typically see something or experience something that your body's ready to see. And it's, it's a deep healing. I've seen, you know, some incredible breakthroughs for people and it's, you know, uh, it's virtually free. Our breath is with us all the time. And, and it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And we do actually, I'm offering online breath sessions right now for our community. And um, yeah, it's been pretty cool. You you, typically it's done in, in person, but now they we're kind of honing, the experience on, on zoom calls and it's, yeah, we're, we're seeing some great
0: results. Hmm, I might have to join you on one.
1: Yeah. I'll send you the link.
0: Do. So I, I love the whole neuroscience. I've actually thought I should study neuroscience when I retire, but the commitment to doing that, I've uh Karen, you got enough on your plate. <laughs> yeah. No time to study neuroscience. Let someone else do it and learn from them. But um neuroscience is fascinating
1: yeah it's um you know I, like you I'm, I'm not going to be an expert by any means you know I love to learn off the experts and there's some great doctors and scientists out there that are discovering things and putting it into my language I find it you know sometimes can be pretty technical mm-hmm. uh, but when you break it down uh you know the what go is it's it's just such an emerging science as well. Like we're learning so much about mm. how our brain operates. And you know, I like little simple nuggets that, you know, help me understand what's happening with the different um hormones and serotonin, dopamine, you know, to know when I'm doing something, you know, it's creating a flow state, what it takes to create a flow state, what's happening in my brain. Uh so that's, you know, uh, yeah, right. It, it, it's a fascinating, but really big field. Uh, so deciding on what you're taking in or where you're going to kind of get your learning from can be a, a bit of a challenge, but the, there's lots
0: of it out there. You also mentioned, I was reading some uh, something that you sent me the other day about you're working with startups.
1: Yeah. You know, I, you know, I had a very um, interesting career inside my family business where I was you know had to learn a lot to keep it afloat and keep it growing and then eventually sell it so I had I got actually quite a bit of experience from you know sourcing you know overseas branding sales running a culture creating a culture uh, and then you know preparing it for a sale so I had a you know a vast um, tickle in a whole bunch of different things and I've been able to get it down to some real kind of nuggets and as well as just listening, you know, I've done a few communication courses and I find that, and I got a real passion for open-hearted leaders that are doing cool things on the planet. And there's a ton of new things coming up around here. Uh, So I, I just go in and I just, you know, make myself available and, cause I want to see these, these leaders have their dreams come true.
2: Mm-hmm. So that might
1: involve, you know, some a little bit of investment or loans or, or just, you know, talking to them, I, you know, a couple of times a week and keeping them on track, keeping them accountable. So I keep a fairly flexible uh, offering and I'm honing that in a little bit cause it's, you know, I'm looking at bringing in a partner now. So it's, again I'm not I don't like to plan too far out it's more about creating and letting what needs to be built kind of arise mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's such a changing world right now and the needs are changing so fast I I love to be nimble and and of being available too. you know like having a you know not a agenda that's fully jammed yeah that people can pick up the phone and reach me and you know might just be a three-minute phone call and they're back on and charging or got yeah. through some tough decision. Yeah, it's amazing what a coach. I, you know, I've, I had to uh, say that, you know, one of the takeaways from all my thing is like get a coach or get someone, a trusted advisor. You know, someone other than your head. If yeah. you're working through some tough things. Yeah. yeah. So
0: but you only get there by other people helping you. You can't do it on your own. If you think you, know, you can do it on your own, you're you're probably not in the right direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. And people want to help. If you got a cool thing going, yeah. the good people will come. Brent, guys.
0: what are three words that you think would describe you?
1: Hmm. Well, I've mentioned stoke. And, I, you know, again, I like to keep things pretty simple. So that that, that energy, that um, aliveness uh, that that I, well, I wake up every morning and create, okay, who am I going to leave stoke with? you know it's my mission in life cuz i know when i can do that and give that away it's just going to come back to me in, in spades so stoke is a, is a big one um and then that ties into heart you know i i i told you that i approach anybody with an open heart and a loving heart uh i think you know in these times especially you know that that's needed and i it really feels good um brings me back to who I am and my presence. And, you know, there's no, nothing other than love that, you know, is kind of what I would go for. So heart is, is probably the second one. And the third one, um, you know, I, I, I'll say integrity, you know, I, I really think that, um, you know, our, our word, our, our, our promises, um, uh, is, is critical. Like if, if you want to work a, a life that works, it's, it's, you know, it, yeah things don't always go like what you say, but then clean it up and move on. You know, if there's something out with a friend or someone important in your family that, you know, is still kind of hanging there and it get a little bit of an angst, like get it out and let's clean it up and let's get our power back.
0: Mm-hmm. To me,
1: integrity isn't, uh, you know, um, it's more about how like I could feel it when I'm in integrity, I got like my my stokes on, so you know if whenever it's not there, I kind of look, okay, what's out? yeah so I'd say those those things heart, stoke, and integrity.
0: Three takeaways for the listeners today.
1: Well, to get to that place where life feels easy um and there's flow. For me, the biggest practice has been my morning practice. So I wake up in the morning before I start my day, before I open my emails, before, you know, I start wondering what I'm going to do. It's like, okay, you know, I'll meditate, uh, move my body uh, with some Qigong or yoga, and then uh, I will start getting into my day. You know, I actually run a little morning practice with a small group of people twice a week, and we we spend uh, an hour and a half together on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we'll start with some, some, uh, some movement, and then we'll do some breath work. This is all on zoom. And then we do what we call Pomodaro's, which is a 25 minute work sprint. And that's where you'll pick. Okay. I want to write an email to Karen and tell her how much I love her. And, <laughs> blah, 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 that. Uh, and I'll go away and I'll, right do that and then we'll come back and we'll check in how that go and then we'll go away and do it again so then we're we're actually it's just a great way to start the day so i think the morning practices whatever that is there's tons of stuff out there but just like take a break before you start jumping into everything and just get grounded get centered and uh yeah then i think the day will flow a lot better so that's the first one
0: yeah okay so um i have i've got something else but I absolutely loved director of mischief. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up.
1: Yeah, you know, I like to have fun. Um, you know, and I've maybe when I was a little kid I was into mischief. So I just like I said, I like to bring fun to everything. It's not like I think that we quite often we get too serious. Uh, you know, just let's just be lighthearted. Uh so, yeah, it's just a fun way of saying, you know, I'm the director of bringing cool things together. I say I love doing cool shit with cool people. And yeah, that, that seemed to fit. Yeah.
0: Well, Brent Martin, I have to say, you are aging fearlessly.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you are doing really, really cool things. Um, and if people want to know more about you, it's just xcamp.ca for yeah. Canada. Um, I mean, I I think there's so many people that can learn from your experiences, and then go on a mission maybe to learn from themselves. And you know, you have seeing what someone else has done, and then turning it into your own journey and mm. and discovering you. You know, you are you have recreated yourself many times. You know, I think this is the happiest I've seen you. <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. really nice. But you always had, whether you were happy or un- unhappy, you always had that big, beautiful smile. Uh-huh. And you were always making other people laugh and, and helping have fun. And and uh, for that, you know, it's one of the things I absolutely appreciate you, about you. And um, you do connect so well with people. Um, you're, you know, obviously the right person to be around, people so congratulations on what you're doing
1: thank you thanks karen
0: so this is it for today's program it's time to say cheerio to the wonderful northern beaches community join me next week for another episode of aging fearlessly and now for a song written by nick howard especially for the listeners this is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining
2: bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all time to five. It's a wonderful life. Go and climb mountains high Swim across ocean